What is up, beautiful people? And welcome back to another episode of Mother Knows Best. Y'all, baby. Hey, we took a week off last week because you know it was uh, that trash-ass holiday that we like to call in this shit United States of America, America. And uh, I do not celebrate her baby, but you know, she's fat and so mother is going to do what? Eat. So I most certainly took some time off, didn't do this podcast, honey, and made a feast. But anyway, I want to welcome y'all all back. Hope y'all had a week off and enjoyed. Y'all didn't have to hear my fat ass mouth, but we are back, honey. And I'm going to let y'all know now, there's going to be a shit show of an episode. And the reason I say that is I got my sister here with me, y'all. I got my good Judy. Please put your hands together and welcome Miss Aurora. Hey, girl. How you doing, baby? How you doing, sugar? Good, girl. <laughs> so the reason I uh, asked you on, honey, is because uh, part of the reason for this chip podcast is, obviously, as you know, because you're my Judy, mm-hmm. is to share my story as well as give others a platform for their story. And one of the things with this particular holiday that just happened, as well as the ones that are to come, a lot of us who are LGBTQI+, we have this struggle of like needing to go back home or wanting to go back home. And then family and biological family not accepting or welcoming the unicorn that steps into the door. So, Mr. Roy, I obviously want to thank you for this and sharing your story because you obviously did have one of those situations. So without further ado, ma'am, I am going to give you the stage and let you tell this story and we will kiki as we normally do and talk shit and <laughs> go have a good time. But with that, my dear, the floor is yours. Well, thank you so very much. You're so very welcome. <laughs> Just a full disclaimer, Brandon and I... I, we cut it up every freaking time we get together and talk like this. So I please pardon us if there's a lot of cackling because this happens every time. Y- y'all cannot take us out in public. Yeah, you call it the Kappa Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> and B, apparently. Um, okay, anyway. So yeah, let's, let's start with the day, girl. So, well, you know, let's just, you know. One, one second. Oh, absolutely. So, to give the listeners a little bit of some background, um, my name is Aurora, as uh, Brandon so graciously introduced me. Um, I am a trans woman, and I have been aware that I was a trans woman since I was about four years old. Okay. Um, did not start my transition until I had a rather nasty mental breakdown. Uh, what was it, like November of... 2020, I think. Girl, yeah, because I think I went down in October. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we will tell those stories later, child. Later. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I started my transition and back in two... No, yeah, 2020. And, you know, I let all of my family know, right? Mm-hmm. And every single person that I told, you know, was perfectly fine with it. Um, apart with... Apart from the, um, my dad, really. Right. Because... You know, I, I kind of sort of understand where he's coming from with this because, you know, I'm his firstborn and legally his namesake. At the same time, my own personal feelings, I'm like, throw the masculinity out the window. Right. And Y'all could not have been surprised. Like, re- really, like when we boil it down, like, is anybody surprised? No. 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 Like, when you told me, I remember being like, yeah. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. Not like, it, it was like, yeah. <laughs> No surprise whatsoever. You're like, huh? So 
So, so that's where that piece of the puzzle goes. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I was wondering where the hell that went. <laughs> Boom! Found it. You know, I told everybody in my family, mm-hmm. you know, and my dad's had some difficulty with it, but I think he's more or less come around. My grandfather, he doesn't really understand it, but he he understands the need to be who you are. Right. Okay. And it, even though he doesn't understand the transition process, he accepts me for who I am because he knows it's going to make me happy at the end of the day. And that is what matters most. Amy. You know, my two sisters, I, Sarah, I, Lord knows she could... She could take it or leave it. I just kind of involved in her own life. And my baby sister, Lizzie, um, I told her, I came out to her on her birthday um, back in 2020. Surprise! Yeah. Happy birthday, Hello. Hello. And she, she couldn't have been more thrilled. I mean, this girl has been in my corner since day one, ready to take down anybody. Like, like this, she, and she's little too. She's scrappy. Oh, Lord have mercy. She's a little chihuahua girl. But she's taking ankles out here. And she's a little, she little taller. Kneecaps. Um, <laughs> kidding. <Yeah. laughs> well, Everybody was on board. Everybody knows that I was doing this. Um, my uncle, and this is how I found out that my uncle and I run around in the same circles. Yeah, look, told, well, I told my uncle about this, and he was like, well, are you doing this for your partner, or are you doing this for you? And he was immediately concerned. Um, Which is the thing. Like, Let's really call that out and point that out, because a lot of people don't really realize that that is an issue within our world as LGBTQI plus people. Not just the transition, know, but, but like just... Modifying your body in any way, shape, or form, yeah. be you cisgender or transgender, it does happen. Right. That's so, why I was like, let's call it out because we have so many people who are constantly like looking for that partner approval. And then we all know we got snakes and narcissists out here. This is what it is, right? Because I mean, the alphabet mafia is rotted to the core. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it started off rotted and we still cleaning up the dead. But anyway, we digress. But that is a huge issue within the community is people trying to get the approval of another person or a partner and the partner making these suggestions. Like, oh, you look better with this or I wish you had this. I'd be more happy with. And then we go out and try to make these modifications like, girl, like we a car trying to appease this asshole who probably ain't going to be here next year. Well, and the reason why I asked is because uh, my uncle actually runs, like I said, runs in the same circles I do. He asked me if I knew about the noodles and beef scandal. Which, listeners, if you aren't familiar and you want to know about that, look it up. Uh, I will definitely link the uh, story to both Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, but my uncle was immediately concerned about that. And I told him, no, 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 no. That's not what this is. This is strictly for me. Yes. And we had a good laugh. We didn't laugh about that. We laughed about the fact that we were both privy to a particular scandal that happened in our communities. And we actually, this is kind of funny. Um, we both agreed that if we're in the same place at the same time, we need to coordinate so we don't see each other doing anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you come out shaking from the back room. <laughs> what happened? I saw my other second day. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm trying to between the two of us. <laughs> I'm being eight. You roll in at 945. I should be gone by it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, like, long, to make a long fucking story short, I told everybody in my family. Right, yeah. Everybody is, excuse me, let me wet my wig. Oh, 
<laughs> I told my whole family that everybody is supportive, everybody is on board, 100%, yes. right? And right. I start my hormones, which, as, as you know, was a hell of a tumultuous time, like, especially when I hit my first uh, quote-unquote menstrual cycle. Okay. I started right going through PMS, right at the full moon, started going through PMS symptoms. So you've seen it, like, it's yeah. start to present. Well, I've been here the whole time. Like, you know, even, you know, listeners, y'all don't know this. Obviously, me and this girl, we didn't like each other. But, well, correction. I didn't like you. You weren't sure, <laughs> you weren't sure about me. I was like, mm, I liked you plenty. She and me, <laughs> keep away from me. The bestie was like, no, no. And I still to this day have to thank the bestie for making sure your ass stayed around because... To see you develop and see you grow and see you now as this woman in front of the person that I actually am. Right. Versus the mess that I was. You were right. Right. And we all were at that time. Mm. So a child, it is what it is. Again, yeah. this whole podcast is stemmed from me healing and working on my shit, mm-hmm. which is why I, you know, again, use it as a platform for others. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry, again, back to you because we're going to get off track a lot. It is. No, it is. It's, you know what? It's tangents. <laughs> free flowing, organic conversation. Amen. Love it. Well, <clears throat> You know, as I started to grow and as I started to, to develop, you know, especially with the way my body was changing, I mean, you look at me now compared to where I was, I went from like a hot, steamy young bear cub over to a very curvaceous woman at this point. Like, yes. I mean, Christ, from the waist down, I look like my mother. It was just hilarious because I... Dumb truck ass. <laughs> I actually did almost take a kid out at the store the other day. You know what? <laughs> we'll put a pin in that talk offline because I need to know. <laughs> so, oh Christ, what month was it? I think it might have been June. My dad and his girlfriend had come down to visit. They they had not seen me since Christmas of 2019 when uh, Daniel and I got engaged. I and, remember because I remember you were very worried about that visit. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I just... Uh, the amount of stress and everything with my dad and his issues with my transition, along with the fact that, you know, I look nothing like I did prior. Like, nothing. Yeah. You know, I... And that's a, that's another big thing that a yeah. lot of us don't necessarily talk about. You know, again, with me, I'm not necessarily trans, but I do identify under the trans umbrella as non-binary. Mm-hmm. There are days I'm really film and this wrist is bent. There are days I'm really butch and want to go out and fix brakes and change the oil in the car. And then majority of my time is spent somewhere in between the two. And to take that back down to good old Southeast, Southwest Ohio, no. <laughs> they don't know this person. They don't know all this fabulousness. And they're going to be like, whom's the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, dad, he, he came down and his girlfriend came down too. You know, and they, I saw them walking up. I, w- I was nervous. Shaking like a leaf. Right. And... You know, I, I think that kind of assuaged some of my dad's fears because he, I think, kind of realized that, yes, I am still his child, that that's not going to change. You know, it's the same freaking soul. Yeah. Different container. Or at least modified, however you want to put it. Modified, different container, whatever. Both, right? Yeah. Because it's choice modification because this is the transition mm-hmm. and all the things you want to do. Like, obviously... Certain people who transition don't do many changes or do very little. It's all up to each individual person. Uh-huh. So the so, way I look at it is same thing with hair extensions. You pay for it, it's your was. Well, you know, and excuse me. Like I said, he had nasty. Sorry, <laughs> it, it's a soda. I can't help it. 
So, you know, he previously had seen me, I look like I could be playing football. Now he comes down to see me, and here I am, buxom and curvaceous. Right. Like, I, I didn't know how he was going to react. Right. Well, he treated me like he had always treated me, if not with even more love and respect. Right. Because right. he sees me happy. He sees me doing what I'm doing, and I am living my life. And, and, you know, even though my dad may not fully understand or even accept my transition, you know, whatever. Right. I think what he is happiest about is the fact that I'm happy and I'm out here living my life on my terms. Right. Which is good. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and, and then we get up into November of just this year, and I went up there with uh, my two sirs uh, to go visit my sister because she had not seen me and I hadn't seen anybody in the family since 2019. Right. Well, except, you know, dad and. Yeah, for his <laughs> visit. Yeah. Dad and his girlfriend and. You know, my sister Sarah came down for, like, a five-minute high-bye thing. It was really weird. I, I don't know. Be weird. I have room. Like, oh, thanks. That's almost exactly what it was. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if my sister were here, she'd tell you. <laughs> well, so everything went very, very well. I, I, couldn't, have been eat, I couldn't have been happier. Right? Good, good. You know, we had a nice dinner, and we, you know, sat around, shot the shit. I mean, my sister couldn't have been more thrilled to see me, okay? Yes. And I went fully presenting, you know, I wore my nice flowery dress, uh, the white one with the pink, purple, and black flowers. Oh, yes. Yes, love, love that one. A little you too know, pure for you, but you know, I had another horse of another color. Another you mind your goddamn business. <laughs> trying to make my family think I'm pure. <laughs> they know I'm not. If they are. <laughs> well... I walked away from that visit feeling like not, I wouldn't say that they had treated me like they always had. It was, like I said, with the visit with dad, you know, it was even more love and respect and sincerity. Yeah. And right? it's still new, right? Yeah. Everyone's still reacclimating again because through this you have healed. So you are a different person. And so now they have to learn that new person. They're mm-hmm. welcoming and opening with love and arms, but it's still a growing process yeah. of like learning and, and sending a new person. Yeah, always is. And you know, I'll be honest, my grandfather's one that surprised the hell out of me the most. Is I he just goes with the flow, just has ridden the wave. He's just like, all right, cool, this is where we're at. There you go. For real. I'm here for it. Because a lot of us again, a lot of and, us don't and, get that. And my grandma and grandpa are the freaking bomb when it comes to being grandma and grandpa. Yes. Like they, they really truly are. <clears throat> so fast forward to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel and I were going up to freaking Wisconsin in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. I put in a small town of rural Wisconsin, like what the hell are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, we get there, you know, we're shooting the shit, having fun. Um my sister and her new girlfriend of I think a year now. Nice. I'm not sure. She didn't really call me. I mean, but I her too. Sarah and her new girlfriend come over, you know, and my sister Lizzie is there, and so is my younger brother, and Daniel and I. We're just sitting at the table, you know, just snacking on hors d'oeuvres and shit. We're having a good time, right? Right. Well, I think we may have had just a little bit too much of a good of a good time, and you know, you know me and my loud ass, and my voice carries. I mean, like it's kind of hard to lose me in a loud room because you can still hear me. Yeah. Like, our voices carry. It just is what it is. It really, it, especially if we're having a good time. Like that, it's 
club, we could be at a freaking bar and it's packed and the music is loud and blasting. You can still hear our asses. Girl, it could be a full. Never mind. We not gonna go into that. Yeah, story. Don't you dare. Because I'm like, girl, it could be a full pack house of Macy's and we'd have been there and that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna go there. Mm-mm. I was gonna say you just want to give the give the cliff notes. Long story short, we go we go to ritzy places and make white people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell that one around Christmas time. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite stories. Anyway, yes. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. Yeah, the matter. Uh, so we were just cutting it up at the table, just having a good laugh, you know. And right. this is the first time in a long time that my family has been together because. You know, everybody's always got, like, prior obligations. You know, dad's over here living his life. My sisters are over here living their life because they're grown and adult. My younger brother, I mean, he's he's in high school. Like, yeah. What's he doing? Living his life. Just well, in- you know, he's getting his good grades. He's actually taking college courses, too. So look at God. And he actually, he's like the head of the stage crew at his high school. Nice. I'm like, good goddamn. Good and free. I'm, a, I'm proud of the little kid. Look at God. I'm, I- There's still 10 years between us, so I'm like, <laughs> Stop me from being very, very proud of him. Amen. Right? That's just, I look at too much that point yeah. when there's that much distance. I look at them as like just another one of your kids. You've helped raise them. Yeah, right. Man. Right. My little brother I, and me are 15 years apart. I'm like, that's my child. Like we, could, we, could be, we could be standing in the same room. I've got like an old fashioned in my hand. I'm like, you doing your homework? <laughs> So anyway, it's a it's a really good family dynamic. You know, everybody yeah. loves everybody. Everybody's supportive of everybody. You know, no problem at all. But right. like I said, we were getting just a little too loud. My voice carries yes. loudly. Well, my grandmother was in the kitchen, which is just off the dining room. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> uh, she was, you know, in the middle of cooking dinner. You know, she, uh, don't remember half of what we had, but it was a lot of food. Well, she was getting a little bit flustered because we were getting a little too loud, and I think she might have called my chosen name out a couple times to try and get my attention. Mm-hmm. And eventually, she um, and I and I'd like to preface this: I do not hold any resentment against against my grandmother because I, I, you know, after everything, um, you know, little little reflecting, I get it, I understand, but yeah, so hard. You know, so she straight up called out my dead name very very loudly, right, and. That immediately caught everyone's attention. Like everybody's head just right, like drawn to her. Like just what, ma'am? Huh? Excuse us. Yeah. Yeah. Even my dad was like sitting in the doorway, and I caught his attention too. And my father, even with his issues with my transition, has never done that. At least not to my face. Right. You know, I'm I'm sure you know (laughs) privately he still does. You know, because it's easier for him. But whatever. Yeah. Don't do it to my face. Yeah, but I do encourage him to you know use my chosen name. Right. Anyway, that's personal growth on his end. Well, and then she looked at me and she said, you know, and yes, I do mean that because you're being too loud, like you used to be, right? And and I guess that's the for me when you told me the story, that was that that line was when I was like, I need to have you on this podcast uh, because even. Though your family is very supportive, and that was just a blip in this entire section of progress, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many of us, and especially people who are transitioning, that don't have that supportive family dynamic, and that dead name 
Oh, it's, it's what it's they are called the day in and day out, uh-huh. despite giving that chosen name or picking that name for themselves and that identity and still having to be faced with that. So that amount of pain, because that is a slap in the face. It just is what it is. It, no, it, again, it, it absolutely is. You know? So I was like, that needs to be told because even in a supportive dynamic, it can happen. And yes. imagine what it looks like in a non-supportive dynamic. Oh, oh yeah, you know. And, and trust and believe me, I am very well aware of how blessed I am to have the family that I do to accept me for who I am. Yeah, because there's so many people out there who just don't have that, right? You know, so trust and believe me, I'm counting my blessings because even with the slip ups here and there, I just, I know there are people out there who have it far worse than I ever will. Right, and again, I know some of those people they would know come here because they are still you know in they're, their well, process still processing it all, and that's why I, I wanted to open this up because. That's what this is all about, right? Uh-huh. Me and you are close enough, family enough. It's like if there's a processing moment and something happens, I felt you'd be safe enough here that yeah, you'd be able to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but that was my backstory. That's why I was like, oh, oh, this guy, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to tell this story. <laughs> and here we are. Amen. <laughs> well, so she had a, she she said that right, and you know I I looked at my dad and he was in the door he was like you're like here we need you like here like he's doing the whole dad thing where he's yeah like, like your voice is up here yeah your we need you here. down here yeah. yeah but you know I went like you know from ten straight to zero like I just clammed right up and yeah. just started looking at my phone right and uh, my fiance was like just taps on the table and he looks at me and it's like. Are you like he mouths out? Are you okay? Yeah. And I mouth back. I'm like, I'll be fine, yeah. right? You know, because after it happened, it was you know tears started welling up. But you know me and how good I am at controlling my emotions, especially yes. in a public setting. Yes, we I'm are. really good at that. Well, just give me so give me like five minutes to myself to like just like can I just yeah right? I, but I, I would I would have been fine. But you yeah. know me, I. I am big on communicating those emotions. Oh, yeah, yeah, How did you feel in that moment? Like, when it happened? Like, what were those emotions, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, it was... How do, how do I even describe it? Uh, you know when somebody does something that hurts you and you just immediately, like, from the neck up, just feel heat? Yes. And it's, like, this really weird mixture of anger, embarrassment, shame, disappointment, and uh, despair... It was a, it was a flash of everything. Right? Yeah, it was a cocktail of everything that could be possibly felt in that moment. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was just looking at my phone, minding my business. You know, it was just uncomfortably quiet after that. Because like, that point, you got to scapegoat out. Because you, you, you kind of do. Because for again, for us, me and you, who are very good with a poker face and keeping those emotions intact in a public place, because. A lot of times, especially people with trauma, like our first instinct is, I want to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I was grown. Can't do that. Right? Uh, no. <laughs> no. And, or if you're out of public setting, you get arrested. You know, so you get really great at going to a phone, trying to go to another conversation, getting up, going to the bathroom so you can quickly change the subject and scapegoat out. Or in my case, you know, I'll astral project out, like, oh, I got to go. Mm-hmm. So definitely understand that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what happened in like the minute and a half that happened after that, mm. 
right? I was just looking at my phone. I think my dad might have actually looked at my grandmother and said, like, you need to apologize. Or she realized what she had done because a half a minute to a minute and a half after that had happened and after emotions had flared a little bit, my grandmother walked over to me very nearly in tears. Like she was on the verge of them. And in a very shaky, penitent, apologetic voice, gave me a hug and said, I am so sorry. Nice. Right. So, you know, and I heard her like on the verge of tears and, you know, me, I'm able to just collect myself and I'm just like, please don't cry. It's fine. Right. Like I get it. Shit happens. Yeah. Right. You're always going to have a slip up here and there, especially when you're in my position. Well, and it's an emotional time. Unfortunately, it you know, is. they just holidays are exactly what they are. Uh-huh. You are have necessarily like I don't know how your family operates, but I know a lot of families in the world. You have people coming over that you haven't seen all year or in multiple yep. years. You have people that you don't necessarily get along with, but they all showing up because people want to. Hey, girl, how you doing? You uh, know, if it's my mom's family, sure, that's the case. Okay, like I, the only people in my mom's family I talk to are my older sister, my brother-in-law, and my grandma and grandpa. Everybody else, they can live today or die tomorrow. But you know what I mean. It's a lot of times it'll be like that—that that mentality. Yeah. So there's already this precursor of stress for the holidays because like oh, the oh bitch holidays are always house. This, you know, yeah, you know. And well, and I think that's why I was so taken aback because this year I had a chill holiday. There was no stress. I didn't have nobody to worry about. I was just cooking for myself and James. I was in my element. I was smoking. I was kikiing. She was a blessed holiday. And then to hear your story and then, you know, to hear the bestie talking about how exhausted he was after that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I forg- I forgive my grandmother 100% for what she did because I know that in her very, in her heart of hearts, Right. She did not mean it. She didn't intend to do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Also, that's my grandma. Yeah. You know, like, like I said earlier, she is the bomb when it comes to being grandma. Right. Now, with that caveat, again, hmm. you have it very differently than most. Oh, yes. So, yes, I'm very with that said, that. I'm going to step in and be like, just for you, that's great. For anybody else, and don't want to get preachy, so don't think I'm getting on my soapbox. It, it, it can get earth But it can get earth shattering. And at sometimes you have to realize that just because they blood don't mean I'm going to take the energy, time, and invest and keep coming back here. Well, and that's why I don't speak to my older brother. My older brother is probably one of the most bigoted people that I've ever had the misfortune of meeting. Oh, I mean, we have not spoken face-to-face since 2014. And I have every intention of keeping it that way. Because I do not need that time. I don't have the time. I don't got the energy. Nope. I don't entertain notions of drama. Not doing it. I mean, even to the point, you know, me and you have had the conversation of for the wedding. Can you behave? <laughs> you know, can you keep yourself together? And I gotta be sitting there like, Lala, don't say no crazy shit with me. Then <laughs> let him make one wrong move. Baby, you know, mother, heels and all will be on that ass, like ugly on the ape and white on rice. <laughs> no, Who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> Please don't kill <keep> down. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that, you know, but like I said, that's my grandma. I'm not going to hold a grudge against her for it. Right. I, I, I understand that sometimes things might slip, shit might happen, okay? I also have to understand that this is not the half of my family that is hardcore Christian conservative Trumper. Right. Where my very existence does not factor into their worldview. Exactly. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm willing to, you know, 
forgive. Probably not going to forget, but I'm going to forgive, you know, and just so my grandmother doesn't get stressed out, I'm going to, like, you know, keep my volume down a little bit during the holidays. Now, are you okay with those edits? And the reason I ask that, and it's something to discuss openly, is because I've gotten to that point where I can't edit for anybody else anymore because Mm -hmm. then that edit becomes a detriment. So is that an edit that you are comfortable and okay with doing? Yeah, it just means I have to use my inside voice. Okay. Literally, that's all. That's all it was. Yeah. I was just being too loud, and that's what caused the whole issue. Mm-hmm. Was my volume? You know, and should she not have done it? Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, well, is, is it an okay edit? Because a lot of us, again, holidays are coming up. Oh, no, this trust is the me. first of many, right? Trust me, my my inside voice is really my outside voice. <laughs> my, no. My inside voice is everybody else's outside, outside voice. voice. Your outside my, voice is the club my, voice. My, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, girl. Trust and believe. I understand. My whispering is everybody else's talking. Like, it's, I'm never going to set foot in one, but if we were in church, like you could straight up hear me over the preacher if I think I'm whispering. So, you know, if I have to edit myself to be a little bit quieter, fine. That's not a problem because I'm not editing who I am at the very core. And that that's why I wanted to ask, was it okay? Because it, and that's why a lot of people have to make an edit to who they are. Like me, girl, my nails are done. My mama already had an issue with a shirt that said Well, halfway. Well, now. Did you want to call me out? Fuck you. So for, for y'all who listening in, uh, I done went three weeks since my manicure. Shame on me. And three nails on each hand have pulled off, and this bitch bro, go ahead, just gonna talk about a heifer like that. But anyway, uh, shady bitch. But you know, for the most part, besides this week, because they just changed on Monday, my nails would have been painted. I have a bald head, beard, already heels, depending on the day and mood. And Miss Miss Ma'am, my Miss Gentry, my mother had an issue with a shirt that said the only hair that should be between your legs is my beard, and that was a couple years ago. Tame, right? right? To me, right? Well, well, here's the thing: I've seen some of your shirts. I know there's there are some shirts that are considerably worse than that that you have brazenly, boldly worn out in public. Yes. <laughs> and I'm over here so like clutching, I'm over here like clutching my white girl pearls, like. Uh, oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> so, could you imagine her and me rolling down nails painted, pair of heels, and one of those really off the wall numbers? Oh, Mother Gentry, Mother Gentry would have had a freaking aneurysm. Yeah. So, for me to make an edit, it's an edit to my core person. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's why it's become like, yeah, I can yeah. do this. I mean, no, it's not going to change a damn thing. My hair is long, my breasts are large. Yeah. Those ain't going away. Not this point. Come on, Titty. <laughs> those ain't going away. Like, I still, I, you know, I wear my dresses, my heels, my skirts, whatever. None of that is changing. Good. The only thing that I have to edit myself on is the volume at which I speak and laugh because, like, as so, these poor listeners who are probably going to have tinnitus now after all this laughter, like, they can already tell that I am a loud, loud woman. Yes. Always have been, always will be. Thank you, mother. Hey, man, I'm sorry about that. You. <laughs> but... I do have to work on my inside voice, and that's the only edit that I'm going to have to make. It's not a detriment to me. Good. That's not me changing my personality. It's just if I'm inside over at my grandma's house, it just, maybe, maybe instead of being at a ten, you know, be at a be at a six. Yeah, I'm here for that. And again, that's an edit that's not adjusting core person. No. And that's anything any of us can do, right? If my mother had an issue with how loud my fat ass was, then okay, yeah, I can bring that down. 
Yeah, and but. like I was saying earlier, you know, the only reason I'm not holding any ill will towards my grandmother, excuse me, is because immediately she came over and apologized. Right. She came over, apologized, nearly in tears. She knew what she did, and she knew she had to correct herself. Right. It was which a she did situation. In, instantaneously. Eh, maybe 30 seconds. As close to instantaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's perfect. Sure. No. Even if it was a five-minute window like to realize, mm-hmm. adjust, and make adjustments, Like that's great considering, yeah. again, most people don't even get that. Yeah, she checked herself, yeah. and I'm very proud that she did that. Now, if she hadn't, sure, we, she and I might have had a private conversation separately, but it's it's a non-issue at this point. You know, right. my, my, my grandma and I are fine. Good. If the only thing I got to do is just be a little quieter, so be it. Yeah. And again, that's not a detrimental edit. No. And that... Not in any way, shape, or form. And that's how you operate with family, right? That's... Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That's, again, that's that supportive framework and foundation to where it's like, we love you. We're not losing you, you know, because of beliefs or ideas or anything like that. We love you and we're going to be here. Yeah. Period. You know? Like, and that's also why I wanted you to come on here because... You give great contrast to what a lot of people face. You have a supportive family, but there was, you know, this situation. Yeah. Where I'm not, not going to lie, though. I mean, even though I do have a very supportive family, I, I actually feel a little guilty about having such a supportive family. It's called survivor's guilt. And well, well, here's the thing. I feel guilty for having such a supportive family because I do know that there are so many people in my situation who have none of that. Yeah, that's like a survivor's guilt. No one. So I'm over here like... Like, how the hell do you deal with that? Like, I I feel like I'm Honestly, spoiled. It's it's what you really address in therapy. Because as the previous podcast, I came out of my depression. Mm-hmm. I have survivor's guilt for that. Yeah. Because there's so many people, especially in our community, that are gone. Because depression and anxiety became way too much. Mm-hmm. I was in it for three years. Yeah. Three and a half years. Almost four. And I and brought stati- myself out. Uh, statistically, um, <clears throat> how, do, how do I say this? Um, statistically, male-presenting folk are more likely to commit suicide mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so that being said, I that's already in the demographic. Yeah. So, so I was... I, I get it. You know, and as well as... The last story I just told um, about the Denzel, the young man that was shot with CPS. He was another black queer male. He mm-hmm. literally, we looked almost identical minus skin complexion, mm-hmm. weight, height, whole nines. Here's this young man, two years younger than me, living the same life I'm living. And he's in a casket, you yeah. know? So there's even survivor's guilt behind that. Yeah. You know, so it happens. And even with me, like for, you know, the Paramours and the village and everything, you, everybody else that I've built, like I even sometimes feel guilty for that and have like a survivor situation because I found my village. Mm -hmm. There are people that are part of my village and babies that I've taken on that have my village as a support system, the village I've built. But once they leave this, they have nothing. Mm -hmm. And that... That does his life, unfortunately, and it comes at this huge price to the person who isn't in that position because you know what it is. You know the battle. You know what these people face because you talk to them. We talk to them. They're Mm -hmm. in our community. They're our friends. And to be blessed or to be in this uh, particular situation, it can sometimes come with a little bit of guilt. Yeah. You know, and, and you know that's something I have to deal with. Yeah, you know, 
That's our problem. Like, yeah, right? I'm just over here like, oh, God. Like, I have such a loving, supportive family, and so many people don't. Yeah. Like, you're, you're almost kicking your own ass over something that you have no control over. Exactly. Because it, it just... Unfortunately, guilt is, like, one of those emotions that gets tagged along with the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to process because it's like, I shouldn't feel guilty, but I do. Yeah. And it's because you can see the disparity. And that comes from being magical creatures, unfortunately. That comes from being in the sauce and in the shit mm-hmm. because you see the world. Whereas if you had blinders on, you wouldn't necessarily see it and then the guilt wouldn't be associated. But we know. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, people in our situation in the Alphabet Mafia, LGBTQIA+, yeah. you know, I, it, a lot of us tend to see the forest for the trees. Exactly. And a lot of people can't see half past the end of their nose. That part. So those people are generally the ones that, in my experience, because I can't speak for everyone, but in my experience... They're, they don't get plagued by guilt as much as us. Yeah, because they don't see it. It's, it's, I don't want to necessarily say chosen ignorance, but it's that worry about it's, self mentality. Like, oh, I only worry about me it's, and it's what's chosen, immediately it's around not me. Ignorance, it's obliviousness. If you don't know, you're not going to look for it. Exactly. But yeah. then we also know we have those particulars that know and choose not to see it. So it's both oblivious and willful willful ignorance. There's a very fine line. They're very fine lines. And but because of that, they don't get guilt. They only look, you know, at their immediate stuff and only worry about themselves. Whereas us, because unfortunately once you get to that stage of like enlightenment and seeing it, you almost automatically become like a parent Mm -hmm. to the rest of the world because you start seeing these people's stories. You do. I don't want to be anybody's parent. Not yet. Absolutely not. And neither do I. That's why it's mother. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, who is that? (laughs) You you know me. This is why I like stepping into that auntie role. I know. You You the auntie with no kids will come and spoil everybody and get on their ass. (laughs) You know, and when it comes to those, you know, those LGBT folks, those trans folks, you know, hell, even the odd cis folk here and there, you know, if they need an auntie to give them a hug, make them a hot meal, and they give them a kick in the ass when they need it, or ask, I mean, you know, ask kickings up upon request. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deliver foot when needed. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to do that if it's going to give somebody, like... That feeling that somebody does love and support them, regardless of what their blood relatives may think. You know, one of my least favorite uh, phrases that is popular in common culture is, you know, blood is sicker than water. I just said it earlier. I'm just like, well, ma'am, that ain't the whole damn phrase. That's a pared down phrase. You know, come out, teach the children, honey. Teach them, teach them. What's the whole phrase? Teach the children. It's a pared down phrase used to manipulate people into staying with family, even though they're toxic as hell people. Facts. Like, you know, I was constantly trying, trying to be friends with my older brother. Mm -hmm. Never going to happen. Okay. You know, a lot of people say blood is thicker than water. So, you know, stick with family because if you ain't got family, you ain't got nothing. Well, that's a whole crack of bullshit. Facts. The whole phrase is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And that means that bonds forged through loyalty tend to be considerably stronger than those forged through blood relation. Boom. AKA in my case, chosen family. Chosen family. Village. Chosen family, your village, your tribe, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Generally are going to be there for you a lot more if you have unsupportive family. Exactly. And that's why it's important to get those people in your life. 
Facts. If your actual family isn't being supportive. Like I said, I feel spoiled as shit being in the situation I am. You know, and I'm lucky I have my supportive family as well. Yeah. Because I there's there's a lot going on in my life that I'm not gonna talk to my grandma about. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. Like, there's just certain things a grandmother does not need to know about her granddaughter. Right. Because the that's why you need oh, to... Oh, <laughs> I'm calling Elizabeth. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Sanford. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get out of here, baby, do you have any more knowledge to drop in this here situation with these chair around with me? Anything you'd like to share, get up off your chest and, you know... You know, anything you want to bring forward to possibly help a baby not feel alone? Well, the best thing that I can possibly say when it comes to these young kids is if you do have supportive family and they do slip, don't hold it against them. Just do what you can to process your emotions, have a conversation, and get yourselves back on the right track. If you don't have your supportive fam- the support of your family, Make sure you're going out getting your friends, get your chosen family, because they'll be there to support you when your blood relatives can't. Amen. So with that said, Miss Aurora, thank you, thank you so much for coming over. Thank you for sitting here and telling this your story with me on this lovely episode. I hope to have you back, girl, because we ain't spent this much time together in a while, girl. Miss you. With that again, baby, thank you for listening. I love you all so much. Be great, stay fabulous, and we will see you next week with another episode.